Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hello. Thank you for listening. I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. I hope you're taking good care of yourself emotionally physically, mentally. There's a lot going on in the world right now. And this is the time to really flex those self-care muscles because, you know, you deserve it. You deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve to find a way to have peace at this time and to feel empowered and to feel however you want to feel. So I hope that you are doing what you can. No perfection here, but I hope that, you know, you're taking the steps that you need to and to the best of your ability. And also, I wanted to invite you to take out your phones and to send me a text message. So text me, text me at 323-402-6863, 323-402-6863. This is my new community text number. So I can send you messages via this text, keep you updated about what's going on. You can send, you can reply, you can send me messages. So I've got some people who've already joined me on community and it's been really fun and, you know, not tons of text messages, but, you know, it's nice to have a little life, direct lifeline to you guys out there. So please go ahead, 323-402-6863, text me. I'd love to hear from you. And when you do that, there'll be a little automated thing just kind of explaining how it works. And, um, you know, obviously text message rates apply and all of that good stuff. But anyway, love to hear from you. 323-402-6863. Okay. And that's for text messaging only, not for phone calls, just FYI. All right. Now that that's out of the way and I'm excited, please text me. I can't wait. Today, I want to talk about hidden love blocks. And okay, what do I mean by hidden love blocks? So one thing that has been part of my evolution as a coach, as a love coach, and actually starting as a matchmaker, because when I started my love business, I started as a matchmaker originally, and that was seven years ago. And when I first started, I thought, okay, I can just, this is going to be great. I'm going to match everyone with their soulmate. I'm going to just match everyone in the world. It's going to be amazing. And I had this very naive view that I had this power to just bring anyone together with their partner. And the reality is, as I learned very quickly, it's not that simple because everyone is in a different place in terms of their readiness for a relationship. People are in different places in terms of how they feel about themselves and how that affects who they're attracted to. So I learned pretty quickly that it wasn't that simple. It wasn't as simple as you telling me, okay, I want to meet someone who's X, Y, and Z and has a good job and this, that, and the other. And me being like, okay, great. And going out and finding, you know, a bunch of people who meet that criteria. And then voila, you're going to magically fall in love. It is not that simple because we are complicated and we have our own sets of beliefs and we have our own habits. We have our own mindsets. And those things are all a factor in how easy or how challenging it is for you to find the loving relationship that you want and a healthy one at that. So I preface this by saying that I am very focused on healthy relationships that last. So there are a lot of people in the love industry, love coaches, dating coaches, who really focus on quick fixes. They really focus on tactics like, okay, these are the five things to say to make any man fall in love with you. Or, you know, here's the one question that you ask and that's gonna weed out anyone who's wrong for you. It's very, it's all very quick fix. It's like, oh yeah, amazing. 
thing. I can just do this one thing and everything is going to just fall naturally into place. Now, some of that advice and some of those tips can be really helpful, but it's just, again, it's just not that simple. So I'm going to break down for you today what I see as the six most common love blocks. And what I mean by that are these are kind of behaviors, attitudes, mindsets that I see that really stop people inadvertently and very sneakily can stop you from actually having the relationship that you want to have, meeting the person you want to have, and maybe even, you know, dating effectively to begin with, you know, because these are how we feel about ourselves, how we think about ourselves, how we think about love, what we believe about love, what we believe is possible for us is everything. So your belief, your mindset, it trumps all of the demographics, how, you know, where you live, your relationship history, all of that. So these are really important. And I really, really, I approach my love coaching really from the perspective of what did I need? (laughs) Like, what are the things that I could have learned that could have shortcut my love journey? So instead of me being on this many years long odyssey of trying to learn myself, uncover what's blocking me from having love and all of this and going on so many dates and having just an emotional roller coaster of a love life for years as I did, what should I have been focused on? Because that's the thing. And I get this a lot because when people meet me and they find out what I do, if they're single, they tend to be like, oh, okay, well, what should I do? Which app should I be on? You know, where can I go to meet, you know, men or women? Or they're looking for that quick fix answer. And I think I disappoint people because I'm not a quick fix type of person because I just know the reality. Like the quick fix is, if it was a quick fix for love and it was just a matter of like following five steps or knowing one thing to say that you're going to find the love of your life, everyone would have a love of your life. Obviously, that's not the case, but we still get sucked in by that promise of the quick fix. So this is not a quick fix, but I'm still going to give you you some very actionable steps that you can start to work on right away because every little step counts. There is no perfection here. I, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that you have to have, if you have any remnants of any of these love blocks, as I define them, lingering, you're never going to find love. That's not true at all. But this is about making it easier for you, making it more likely for it to happen sooner rather than later. So this is really about shortcutting that journey and making sure that you're focusing on the right things because going through the motions, quote unquote, putting yourself out there and just going on more and more and more dates or attempting to go on more and more dates. If you're doing that, you're going through the motions, but your mindset and your beliefs aren't supporting you in those actions, then you are just, you're in for a longer road and you could potentially really be wasting your time. Now, I think that dating is important. I think that the process of dating is very important of really learning about yourself, learning about other people, how to connect. So I don't view dating as a way of time, okay? But you can be wasting your time if you are doing the same things over and over and over and over again, getting the same result, but still hoping that if you keep on going, that one day the results will be different without anything changing on your end. And that's when it starts to become a waste of time. And that's what I do not want for you. So without further ado, let me jump in here and start going through these hidden love blocks. These are the six most common blocks that I see standing in between people and the love that they want. And number one, here we go. So the first one is fearing rejection. Now, if you know me, if you've listened to this podcast, if you've heard me talk about rejection before, you know that I have a motto about rejection, which is rejection isn't real. And what do I mean by that? Feeling rejected romantically is a very, very natural, very common emotion. And Lord knows I have had my share of feeling very rejected in dating. My first romantic sort of 
memory is one of being rejected by a boy when I was in elementary school. And, you know, that's one of many. (laughs) That was the first of many to come, as it turned out. So I don't want to minimize any concern or any fear that you have about rejection or shame you, I should say. Like, it's, it's a very natural feeling. But when I say rejection isn't real, what I mean is that you are not for everyone. Everyone is not for you. And no matter who is listening to that message right now, that is the case. You could be a billionaire, supermodel, philanthropist, Olympic athlete, lots of hyphens there. And still, you are not for everyone and everyone is not for you. So there is no escaping that. It's a trap to start to feel this worry or this concern that people aren't going to like you or want to be with you romantically because there are always going to be people who don't want to be with you romantically. And 90% of the time, at least, and actually 100% of the time, it's about them. It's about them. It's about what they want. It's about what they're attracted to. It's about what they're emotionally available for. And people are allowed to have preferences. People are allowed to say like, oh yeah, you might be great, but I don't see us together. And I know that might sting. I know it doesn't feel good. Like I said, I've had plenty of experience on being, you know, quote unquote rejected. But if you can stop taking it so personally and you can just start to train yourself to bring in a little bit of a level of detachment. Now, detachment is something that is important in dating because romantic disappointment is something thing that if you are able to escape romantic disappointment, good for you, don't know how you did it, high five, great. (laughs) I, on the other hand, have had, I've had a lot of experience with romantic disappointment. So I know what I'm speaking of here. But the thing about fearing rejection, and the reason that I don't think rejection is real, is that rejection is a feeling, it's an emotion, your feelings are valid. However, your feelings aren't facts. And I can look back at my life and some of the men who I felt the most rejected by at the time, and it made me feel so, the situation was an opportunity for me to just really go deep into my self-loathing, right? Just to really, uh, I knew it and no one's ever going to like me and, you know, no one's ever going to want to be with me and just all of those feelings. I know them very well. But the problem with that is that you're focusing on the wrong thing. When you're focusing on quote unquote rejection, you're focusing on a belief that somehow you are lacking and you're not good enough. And the reality is, and the reason I say that it's 100% about the other person is because it is. Because even if somebody looks at you and says, I would never date anyone like you, right? I find you totally unattractive. I think you're completely uninteresting. I would never date anyone like you. Even if someone were to say that to your face, it's still about them. Who they are attracted to is about them right? The kind of person they see themselves with, that's about them. And that's their story. And for you to take that on personally, it's so counterproductive. And I see this fear of being rejected being such a paralyzing thing for so many people. And for some of you, you might be listening to this and maybe if you really, really relate, and this feels like a very strong, very real factor in your life, it can stop you from even going on dates to begin with. It can stop you, really the fear of somebody not wanting you can actually stop you from ever meeting the person who does want you. And that would be a real shame. So there's a level of detachment that is worth cultivating when it comes to dating, when it comes to romantic relationships, which is to know that everyone is on their own journey and you cannot take other people's journeys so personally because you have no idea what their history is, what their beliefs are, what their background is, what their trauma 
those are, they're bringing all of that to the table, all of that to the table. And and I'll even say this, and I want to move on. I could talk about rejection all day. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I have another podcast episode that's simply about rejection. But, you know, just to use an example, this is something I've been talking about a lot, just given everything that's going on in the world and Black Lives Matter and this real renewed or maybe for a lot of people, attention for the first time on what it's like to be a black person in America, racism, structural racism, inherent bias, all these things. So I am, for those of you who maybe don't know what I look like, I am a tall, 5'11", dark skin black woman. And most of my life growing up, I got a message that girls like me are not pretty, right? So for me, I had this real self-consciousness that, oh, I was always going to, whenever anyone, whenever a guy didn't want to date me, or ghosted me or broke up with me or whatever, I had a wound of feeling like I'm not pretty, I'm not desirable, I'm not attractive. And so it would triggered by that, right? It was a trigger. It's not about that guy. Half the time when somebody's quote unquote rejecting you, you don't actually even care about that person, right? It's not even about the person. It's about what it means to you. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's why I say rejection isn't real because it's not about the fact that that person didn't want to go on a date with you or the fact that that person didn't match with you on an app or the fact that that person never called you again or that your partner broke up with you because I've been in that situation too and that's no fun at all, right? It's about what does that then trigger in you and what does that belief now, how does that belief that you have about yourself that's being triggered by the feeling of rejection, how is that belief actually really coloring your life and your existence and your belief in what's possible for you? So when you can start to just take a little bit of a step back, realize I'm not for everyone, everyone isn't for me, right? If someone were to look at me and be like, I would never date a black woman, why would I take that as quote unquote rejection, right? That's not about me. That's about that other person and their beliefs and what they've been conditioned to believe and what they've been conditioned to think and how they've been conditioned to view black women. And if I take that on, making me feel worse about myself, what good does that do me? It does none, right? So rejection isn't real. It's a real, real love block. If this is something that you can relate to, I want to just encourage you to start to notice when you're feeling that feeling of quote unquote rejection and just remind yourself, okay, I get why I'm feeling this way, but I'm open to the possibility that actually this isn't personal and that actually what's more important is that I focus on finding the people who are into me because the ones that aren't into me, I don't want them to stop me from meeting the one who is. So that's the number one love block, really number one that I see is really that fear of rejection. And that can manifest in so many ways that are counterproductive to a healthy relationship. Next, number two, and this is related, I'll try to go a little bit faster, is pessimism. And that's just that general cynicism, lack of belief that you're ever going to meet someone, that you're ever going to have the relationship that you want to have. By the way, I can relate to all of these, okay? Part of why I can articulate this (laughs) is because part of why I ever became a love coach is because I can relate to all of these. And so I was really drawn to helping other people to overcome these blocks, these challenges, because I know how powerful they can be when they've really taken hold in your mind and in your imagination. And I know how powerful it is. And I see it all the time with my clients as we work on them getting past and releasing all of these things, how much easier dating becomes for them and how much more they can enjoy it and how much more quickly 
Because that's what this is about. This is about shortcutting your love journey here, right? So how much more quickly they get into relationships once they're able to start addressing these love blocks. So that pessimism. So I really want you to ask yourself, like, do I really believe that it's possible for me to have the love that I want? Do I believe that that's possible for me? And if there is a part of you that's like, eh, I'm not really so sure, doesn't look good, right? I have a lot of quote unquote evidence that it's not possible for me. Then I want you to really just challenge yourself to consider the possibility that you're wrong and that the love that you want is possible for you, even if you don't know at this moment how you're going to find it. Even if you don't know at this moment where that person is, chipping away at any pessimism and starting to open yourself up to that new possibility, it sounds so simple, but it's so powerful. It's basic, but it's powerful. And you might need to find role models. You might need, if you believe that no one like me is ever going to meet someone, you might need to find people who you can relate to and you can see that they were able to find a really great partner. And if you don't know those people personally in your life, you might need to literally go on the internet. You might need to literally do some research and investigate people's love stories and get inspiration for them so you can start to expand that idea of what's possible for yourself. Considering a new possibility when you're feeling pessimistic about finding love is a huge, 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 hugely powerful tool to combat that second love block, which is that pessimism. And then number three, now this is feelings of unworthiness. Now, this is a tricky one because most people, when I ask them, I said, do you believe that you're worthy of having the love that you want, the intimacy, the relationship, the joy, the commitment, all of that? 99% of the time, people absolutely and very quickly say, yes, I definitely believe I'm worthy of that. But then when we start to talk about their dating history, we start to talk about their patterns, we start to talk about their past relationships, then a different picture starts to appear. So this is not to judge yourself, but it starts to question yourself like, hmm, do I truly believe I'm as worthy as I think I do or I tell myself I do? Because if you're looking at your relationships and you're looking at your patterns and you see that maybe you have a habit of dating people who treat you like an option when you're treating them like a priority, maybe if you have a pattern of dating people who put you down in some way, maybe if you have a habit of dating people who lie to you, who mistreat you, who are abusive towards you, you know, in any way emotionally, verbally, physically. If you have these types of toxic patterns or dysfunctional patterns in your relationship history, then I really, really, really want you to start to seriously question this belief in your worthiness of having the love that you want because you are worthy. But there's a lot of reasons why we all get messages our whole lives, even by people who are well-meaning in some instances, starting in our childhood, because this is when all these beliefs get really set. We get these messages that we're not worthy, that we're not good enough just as we are, right? That we have to do a lot of things outside of ourselves to be good enough, that we have to have certain things to be good enough. So if you if you believe that getting into the relationship is the thing that's going to make you feel worthy, that in and of itself is you're setting yourself up for a relationship with someone who doesn't see your worth because you can't see it. So it's very, very, very powerful. And this is honestly, you know, this is the biggest one. <laughs> I put it third here, but the only reason it's number three on the list is because it is such a big topic <laughs> that sometimes you kind of need to ease your way into it. But really cultivating that belief in your worthiness, cultivating a deeper sense of self-worth is incredibly powerful. You know, this is something I talk about all the time when I talk about self-love. I've talked about this in multiple episodes in the past, if you haven't heard any of the episodes before. So definitely go back and 
listen to those. I go deeper in, into the topic of self-worth. But really quick, the way to uh, tackle this is to ask yourself, if I truly believed I was worthy of having the love, the connection, the intimacy that I want, and by the way, you are worthy, but if you truly believe that you were worthy, then what would you do? How might that change how you approach dating? How might that change who you give a chance to when you're dating? How might that change how you feel when something doesn't work out, right? So it's really, really powerful instant inquiry. It's not about being perfect, but it's about starting to chip away at some of these emotional, mental blocks that can really hold you back. And unworthiness is huge, 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 huge. Okay. Number four is self-judgment. So self-judgment is what it sounds like when you beat yourself up, when you have a lot of negative self-talk around love, around dating, around your attractiveness, around the likelihood that you're ever going to meet someone. So this self-judgment can really be like kind of like the spokesperson for all all of the other things that we've been talking about, right? It's that that compounding of any negative beliefs that you have about yourself, right? So when you feel that self-judgment, and I think it's very natural, right? I don't know anyone who doesn't judge themselves. I don't know anyone who doesn't have negative self-talk. I don't think it's possible to be human and not to have that to some degree. But when it's starting to feel out of control, when it's starting to now rule your choices and actually stop you from having the love that you want, then it's really something that you want to really want to address. So the cure for self-judgment is self-compassion, which is another thing that I always, always, always talk about, especially when I'm talking about self-love. You can cultivate self-compassion. So just starting to bring your attention to the ways in which you criticize yourself, the ways you say, you know, no one's ever going to love me or I suck or I'm going to be alone forever or of course they don't want to date me or I was crazy to think anybody like that would ever want to be with me. No one's ever, all of that, right? You know, (laughs) I don't have to give you any more examples, right? Everyone knows what it is to beat yourself up. And so starting to bring some compassion to yourself, even for the fact that you have the judgment. So even being compassionate towards yourself for the fact, like don't compound the negative self-talk by now beating yourself up for having it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be like, okay, I get that this is my habit, right? This is a mental habit that I have, beating myself up, judging myself. But what can I give myself credit for? What can I be grateful for, right? Am I able to just give myself a break so I can move on, right? So just bringing a little bit of compassion towards yourself because everyone is deserving of compassion because we're all doing the best that we can with the tools we have, the resources we have, the traumas that we have, the conditioning we have, the experiences that we have. So if you want to do better, and I personally always want to try to do better, then it's important to give yourself a break for what you have quote unquote done wrong or what you've struggled with or what's been a challenge for you up until now. If you want to do better, you've got to start cultivating that compassion towards yourself. And then number five is really being guarded. So now this is kind of a tough one too, because it's, you know, again, this is a big topic, but because this is really about vulnerability. So the cure to the love block of being very guarded or closed off is to start to bring more vulnerability into your actions, your interactions, really starting to cultivate that muscle, right? Strengthen that muscle of vulnerability. This goes into authenticity. This is very much tied to worthiness, right? Because do you even think that you are deserving of being your true self? Do you think that who you truly are is someone who 
anyone would want and would, who would love. A lot of us struggle with that, right? Like it's a really big problem with feeling, when you feel a lack of worthiness, then you're also dealing with these feelings of no one's going to love me and maybe I'm not good enough for love, right? So it's all related. So when you find yourself being guarded, you find yourself holding back, you find yourself in your head, maybe trying to guess what someone wants to hear. So you want, you're trying to show up in the world, show up on dates, show up in your relationships in a way where you are somehow anticipating the other person's needs and then giving the version of themselves that you think they need, right? So when you're doing that, you're not being authentic because you're now being a curated version of yourself. So the point is not that now you say every single thing that comes to your mind and if you have to fart at the dinner table on your first date, you just fart. Don't do that if you can help it. (laughs) But, you know, the point is who you are, the truth of who you are is beautiful and that's what makes you you. And if you want to actually connect with the people who or the person who sees you for who you are and loves you for who you are, it's going to require you bringing some more vulnerability from the beginning and not waiting and not hoping that, well, one day when we fall in love, then I'll be my real self. That's not how it works. No one can love the real you if they don't know the real you. So if you have a challenge around being guarded or you have a challenge around being vulnerable and you find yourself being very guarded and in your interactions, and this can start with everything from your photos on a dating app. Are you wearing sunglasses? Are they group photos? Are you quote unquote hiding in plain sight as I call it, right? Are you hiding behind lots of cliches and being very vague and very general and not being honest about what you care about and what lights you up? If you're doing those things and you're really, really, really working against yourself from having a true connection and having true intimacy because that cannot exist without vulnerability. So being guarded is a really, really big love block. And one thing I would say for those of you who might be going, "Mm, I don't know if that's me. One real sign that you have a challenge with vulnerability, not that there's any perfection here because it's not about being perfect, but one sure sign is that you find yourself attracted to people who are not available. If you find yourself attracted to people who either are not into you or maybe they are in another relationship or their sexual orientation is such that they're never going to be into you or you find yourself, you know, very much pining after, you know, just getting crushes on people, having elaborate crushes, long-term crushes, pining after exes, all of those things. Anytime you find yourself very much drawn to people who are unavailable in some way, that's a good sign that vulnerability is something that, in my opinion, should be your first order of business and starting to work on. And a really great recommendation I have for a book on this topic is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's not specifically about romantic relationships, but this book is a game changer. I've recommended it on the podcast before. Please read this book if you can relate to anything that I just said, because it is really, really powerful. And then the last the last hidden love block that I see that is stopping people from having the love that they want, could be very sneaky, is really taking yourself for granted. And what I mean by that is that having an absence of gratitude, having an absence of gratitude in your life for yourself, for the love that you already have have in your life. 
I don't care if you have only one person in this world who you love or who you've ever felt loved by. That's something to celebrate and that's something to feel grateful for. And gratitude is a very similar emotion to love. And like love, gratitude is something that expands the more and more you focus on it. So if you are, yeah, I know I've got friends and I know I've got family, but I'm single and I'm just, uh, I just want to meet someone. Your desire to meet someone is so natural and it's so, it's just, it makes you human. But just know it's going to be easier for you to meet someone. It's going to be easier for you to lead with love if you are able to be more grateful for who you are, for the love that you have in your life right now, today, and for the beauty of the existing relationships that you have. And if you don't have any existing relationships that are beautiful, then really starting to hold a vision for yourself of having ones that are, right? And how can you start to be more vulnerable? How can you start to be more authentic? How can you start to put yourself out there more and connect with people on a deeper level? Because that's where true intimacy lies. But having gratitude for what you have and who you are right now is incredibly powerful. And if you find yourself in a place where you're so focused on what you want, the relationship that you want to have or the future you want to have, that you find yourself unable to feel grateful for what you have today, then I really, really, really encourage you to start bringing gratitude into your life. Start bringing some type of gratitude practice. If you want to start with, okay, every day I'm going to think of one thing about myself, about my life, about an existing relationship that I have to be grateful for, it's powerful. So to recap really quickly, the six hidden love blocks that could be stopping you from having the love that you want, even if if you're going through all of the motions of going on dates and quote unquote, putting yourself out there. Number one, fearing rejection, right? The cure to that is to start to cultivate a sense of detachment. You are not for everyone. Everyone is not for you. And you don't want to stop the people who aren't for you from keeping you from the ones who are. It's number two, pessimism, right? And that's the skepticism that having the love that you want is even possible for you. So the cure for that is really to start to consider a new possibility, seek out role models if you need to, so you can start to envision a new future for yourself. Number three is feelings of unworthiness. Really huge sign for this is looking at any toxic dating patterns that you might have, relationship dysfunction, lack of boundaries, being taken advantage of, being mistreated in any way. If you can relate to any of that, then really going deeper into your self-worth, starting to challenge yourself. If I truly believed I was worthy of having this thing that I wanted, this love that I wanted, this relationship that I wanted, what would I do? How would that start to change how you show up in relationships, who you give a chance to, who you say no to, walking away from people, even if you're attracted to them because you can see a familiar dynamic emerging, that is actually treating yourself with true worthiness and every little step you take in that direction counts. And then number four is self-judgment. So that's that beating yourself up, that negative self-talk. The cure to that is start to cultivate some self-compassion, which is really, really powerful. And the first step in loving yourself is learning to be compassionate towards yourself. Then number five is being guarded, right? Being closed off, being guarded, not letting people really see who you really are, not really sharing your truth with people, being very protective of yourself, right? Just know that the cure for that is vulnerability. Vulnerability is a muscle. It can be strengthened. And I encourage you to do so because you cannot have true intimacy without true vulnerability. And then the last one is really taking yourself, taking your life for granted. Um, So gratitude is the cure for this. Gratitude is incredibly powerful emotion and it's a powerful practice if you start to cultivate 
cultivated in your life, which I encourage you to do. And it is gratitude is love attracting. So taking yourself for granted, love blocking, gratitude, love attracting. There you have it. The six hidden love blocks that might be stopping you, might be blocking you from having the love that I know is possible for you. And I really hope that you can see and really truly believe that it's possible for you because it is. Um, All right. (laughs) I thank you so much for listening. And I know it's everything that's going on in the world right now. It can feel sometimes like, oh, well, my personal challenges, my personal struggles don't feel as important or as relevant. But guess what? They are. They matter. You matter. And you deserve love. And you, I don't know, I think we all need love now more than ever. And yeah, I just want to say that. And I just want to acknowledge as I, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I've been acknowledging everything that's going on in the world. I want to acknowledge Juneteenth today. If you want to hear more about my take on what's going on in the world and how to navigate it, then, you know, the last few episodes that I've released, I think the last few episodes should be helpful for that, including like, is dating still a thing during the COVID-19 pandemic? And that was pre-protests and pre-revolution here in the U.S. and Black Lives Matter protests and protests for racial justice. But still the same applies, right? The same principle applies that love is something that we all need and we all deserve and circumstances in the world don't eliminate that. I think for a lot of us, it actually just highlights how important love and connection and, you know, really intimate relationships are. So you deserve it. And I appreciate you for listening. I thank you so much. Thank you for those of you who've taken the time to reach out and say that you're enjoying the podcast. For those of you who've taken the time to rate and review the podcast, I appreciate you so much. And please stay in touch. I am at Dear Franny on all social media, particularly active on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook these days. And the podcast is at Dear Franny Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, we're trying to keep it interesting for you over there. So please do check that out. And in case you missed it at the top of the show, please text me 323-402-6863, 323-402-6863. And that is a U.S. number, which you probably could have guessed. But for those of you who are listening from outside of the U.S., I appreciate you. And I get so excited when I see that there are people around the world listening to the podcast. It makes me feel like we are all connected. So thank you. Shout out to those of you in Australia and Norway and Ireland and Tanzania and Canada. And it's so cool. I see you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will be back next week with a brand new episode. Okay, until then. Bye.